0: visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This Day in History class is a production of iHeart Radio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that flips through the pages of history to deliver old news in a new way. I'm Gabe Lusier, and today we're talking about an actual case of fake news in the American media. The day when a respected newspaper famously and falsely declared Dewey beats Truman. The day was November third, nineteen forty-eight. The Chicago Tribune wrongly declared Thomas Dewey the winner of the previous day's presidential election. In reality the race had gone to the incumbent, President Harry S. Truman. But since the Tribune had gone to press before the polls had even closed, there was no way for the paper to know that. So instead, the managing editor just took a guess on the election's outcome and ran Dewey Defeats Truman as the front page headline. The prediction was disproved before the ink on the papers had even dried. But by that point, it was too late. 150,000 copies had already hit the streets. J. Loy Pat Maloney was the managing editor responsible for the bad call, but to be fair, there were some extenuating circumstances. Most critically, the Tribune was in the middle of a printer's strike, and as a result, they had to go to press much earlier than they normally would have. That put Maloney in a tough spot on election night. Competing papers with later deadlines could wait for the official results, but he didn't have that luxury. The safe play would have been to run a headline about the race being too early to call. But then, if a rival paper ran the actual outcome, the Tribune would look outdated and no one would buy it. As the early edition deadline approached, Maloney decided to take a chance and print the outcome he considered most likely, that New York Governor Thomas Dewey would defeat Truman in a landslide. And again, to be fair, Dewey was considered the frontrunner by most political pundits and members of the press. The most recent polling showed Dewey leading Truman by a full five points, and Life magazine was so confident in the outcome that it featured a photo of Dewey with the caption the next president of the United States well before election day. Even the Tribune's own Washington correspondent, Arthur Sears Henning, thought Dewey had it in the bag. In his article, the one printed under the incorrect headline, Henning went so far as to say the Republican candidate had, quote, won a sweeping victory, which he then characterized as a repudiation of the New Deal. Maloney saw the polls, read Henning's article, and felt assured that Dewey was a shoe in But what he didn't realize, or didn't bother to find out, was that the last poll had been taken in mid-October. Not only that, Henning's article had been based on information provided by Dewey's own campaign manager, complete with all the bias that entailed. Neither Maloney, Henning, nor the polls had accounted for all the headway Truman had made during his extensive whistle-stop campaign tour earlier that summer. Knowing that he wouldn't get much love in the press, Truman had skipped the sit-down interviews in favor of barnstorming across the country, covering nearly 22,000 miles by election day. At one point, he was delivering as many as 13 speeches in a single day, and during every one of them, he would earnestly ask the crowd to help him keep his job as president. That heartfelt appeal helped endear him to the public as a political underdog, a narrative that was reinforced by news outlets such as the Tribune, which had already written off his campaign. Governor Dewey, on the other hand, hardly campaigned at all, Perhaps he, too, had been lulled into complacency by his glowing press and strong poll numbers. In any case, the election didn't go the way that most people expected. At about 10.30 p.m. on election night, not long after Pat Maloney approved his fateful headline, radio bulletins began reporting that the race was surprisingly close. So close that when it came time to print the second edition a few hours later, Maloney was feeling decidedly less bullish. He ignored the presidential race completely and swapped in a headline about the state elections instead. Democrats make sweep of state offices. Maloney's judgment proved much better the second time around, as Truman was soon declared the true winner. The president had won 28 of the 48 states in existence at the time, securing 303 electoral votes compared to Dewey's 189. In most cases, the Tribune's inaccurate headline would have been quickly forgotten. After all, they were hardly the first newspaper to report something untrue. But the following day, on November 4th, something happened to ensure the headline would live in infamy. It happened when President Truman was traveling back to Washington from St. Louis by rail. Before departing, he stepped to the rear platform of the train for a photo op and was handed a copy of the Tribune's early edition. The result was a now-famous photo of a gleeful President Truman holding up the headline that had wrongly predicted his political ruin. One reason Truman looks so happy in the photo, aside from having just won the presidency, is that he knows he's getting revenge on one of his biggest critics. The Tribune, a paper which leaned conservative, had opposed most of his progressive policies while in office and had once even referred to him as a, quote, nincompoop in an editorial. Given that, it's safe to assume the photo was planned in advance. Truman knew that calling a presidential election prematurely was every news outlet's nightmare, so he made sure that the moment would be preserved in history for his friends at the Tribune to relive over and over again. And if you think a move like that is too petty or unbefitting of a U.S. president, well then, brother, you haven't been paying attention. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any feedback you'd like to share, feel free to send it my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again soon for another day in history class. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.